everyone. Happy New Year and uh, welcome to 2024. Podcast will be back soon. A lot of people have been messaging me, but uh, this is the long awaited and long delayed uh, review or I guess just like explainer of the Harry Potter studio tour in London that I was lucky enough to go on uh, when I was there in uh, late September of 2023. I should have done this way earlier, but I just, I, I don't, I have no excuse as to why I haven't, but I got to say first and foremost, um, if you are a Harry Potter fan, even a fleeting Harry Potter fan, I think going on this studio tour is an essential experience. It is just absolutely incredible, all of the stuff that you can see there and uh, that you can do there. So I guess how this is going to work is I'm just going to sort of give a run through of the day and how it went and, and like how it all works and everything. So the first thing I would say, if you are planning on going, um, particularly if you're in Australia, is you need a book way in advance because there's only a limited amount of people that can go in a day and the tickets sell out way in advance. So if you were planning a trip to Europe or London and you want to do this, go book the tickets now. We booked them like six months in advance. And funnily enough, we I also went on a Harry Potter walking tour of London, which I will detail a little bit um, at the end of this as well. But yeah, book the tickets in advance. They're pretty expensive as well. Uh, I think they're probably around about like the $100 mark for Australian dollars, um, you know, about 50 pounds. So yeah, it's a, it's a pricey day, but it's definitely worth it for a Harry Potter fan and a fan of the Harry Potter movie. So basically you get there, you go, you go to London, from London, you go to Watford. It's just a train ride. And then f- basically... I think Watford, the area is known for Harry Potter studio tour. So you get off there and there's Harry Potter buses that sort of pick you up and take you to the Harry Potter studio tour. And you basically, you know, the outside, it's just like a big building. And this is the studio where they filmed the movies. So the sets are all, it's been repurposed and the sets are all in there, but this is where they filmed the movies. Like I think the first couple movies, a lot of it was shot on location, but then for the following movies, they basically just um, uh, went to sets because it was easier and cheaper. So they just built sets. So you walk in, the first thing you see is like this massive Hungarian horn tail and all this Harry Potter um, branding in the uh, in the main sort of foyer. Then And there's the exit to the shop. And then you go in, Basically, I was kind of confused because you start lining up and you go through all these rooms and you're just sort of in a line, in a queue. And I'm like, oh, I guess like you just sort of walk through the, the museum in a queue. Um, but that's actually just the line. That's not even the set to us. So I was kind of confused about that. But while you're waiting in line, there's so much cool stuff to look at. Like there's all these, all the Harry Potter movie posters um, from like different languages and everything. And it's cool seeing how the films are kind of branded differently depending on like the region or the country that they were released in. Like some of them, some of the posters don't even feature Harry, Ron and Hermione in other countries. Like they, they feature more like 
Gary Oldman as Sirius Black or Dumbledore. Like they focus more on the adult characters. And while you're waiting in line, you also see a bunch of really cool stuff, uh, sort of like the um, stuff that the attention to detail stuff, like a lot of sort of photo frames of pictures of like the Dursley family and Dudley that are taken for the movies that I guess are in the background of scenes to make it look really realistic, but you don't really pay attention to them. So yeah, you see all these photos of Dudley and, and the Dursleys and the cupboard under the stairs and stuff. And I guess that having the Dursley and the, and private drive sort of section at the start kind of feels natural because it's, yeah, it's the opening, you know, it's the opening of the movies. And then there's all these sort of life-size cardboard cutouts of all of the characters and freeze frames and stills from all the movies and stuff. So you're just walking through looking at all of that stuff and yeah, it's, it's interesting, but then basically they bring you into sort of like a cinema style room where they kind of play a video where they're like, well, this is, they just explain what it is. And then they're like, all right, now follow us. And we're going to go through to the great hall. And then they get someone from the audience to open the doors to the great hall. And this is where the real magic begins. Pardon the pun. And funnily enough, we were there the day Michael Gambon died as Dumbledore. So I remember we were about to enter the great hall and I looked in my phone and it just said, Michael Gambon dead. And I was like, oh, what a coincidence that happened today. But you go into the Great Hall and it is possibly one of the most surreal things I have ever experienced because it just is the Great Hall from Harry Potter. And it's smaller than it looks in the movies. It, it feels much smaller when you're in there. Um, but it is so surreal. We were actually there around Halloween. So, well, I guess we were there late September, but they had decked it out for Halloween. And you walk in, all the like teachers are at the front, like I guess mannequins of the teachers and all the house tables and house uniforms are there and there's Harry Potter music playing and it is just awesome. Like I think that was that moment where the great hall doors open and you're just walking through and now you're not in a queue and you can just walk around freely and do it at your own pace. It, it just was phenomenal. Like seeing the life-size Hagrid mannequin, Professor Quirrell, Snape, Dumbledore, McGonagall, all of these um, characters that, you know, it just, it feels like you're there. I know it sounds like corny, but it feels like you are at Hogwarts and, you know, you're walking through, you then go into like this other room that has more like I guess, information style posters um, detailing all the directors that, that directed the films and sort of quotes from them and their visions and everything. And once you walk around the corner, you kind of start to see a bunch of the sets and props from the movie. So I guess I'm just going to go off. This is a massive room. This section is just a big room full of sets and props that you can walk around Um for example, just off the top of my head, there's the Gryffindor common room. And it, and it is really crazy seeing all this stuff in real life. There's like the ice, uh, fi not figurine, the ice sort of statues from the Yule Ball, uh, a bunch of the teachers' mannequins in their dress robes, um, Gryffindor common room, the potions classroom, and they have Snape standing there and it feels really intimidating. Hagrid's heart, they have all costumes on display, like the Bobaton and Durmstrang costumes and stuff. Um, 
the stairs that move, you, you know, there's a big thing with all the portraits. Obviously the portraits don't move. Um, the pendulum from Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, the big clock pendulum that kind of swings from side to side is there. The Chamber of Secrets opening and the Gringotts vault opening is there. And uh, there's also the, the there's little kind of, um, I guess, things you can do around, like there's this section you can go to where you can get a photo of you saying up and the broom comes up. And there's, it's also really cool because a lot of the stuff, for example, there's the burrow and you know, in the movies, the burrow is like, um, you know, you can see the plates washing themselves and then, and the, you know, the knitting knitting itself through magic. And they have all that, like it must be run. Like it's really cool because it's all running. Yeah. Automatically. They have the big bath, kind of fountain thing from Goblet of Fire where Harry's in the prefect's bathroom. Um, the four poster beds in the boys' dormitory, like that's all there. And then, yeah, the Gryffindor common room was really cool because you just see um, the, the uh, like the fireplace and the couch that they sit on. They have a bunch of the wands. It is, it is overwhelming, to be honest. The portrait of the fat lady, they, they genuinely just have everything from the movies. You just get really caught up in it all, to be honest. Oh, and another thing they have is the mirror of Erised. Of course, it doesn't work like in the movie. It just shows you. Um, it would have been cool if they had done something to make it show something else. But yeah, the, the statue of the griffin that goes into Dumbledore's office they've got. They have Dumbledore's office all kitted out with Dumbledore in there. It is just phenomenal. Like, like I said, it's an essential experience all of the props stuff you wouldn't have noticed from the films like just a bunch of props one section actually had all of these i guess newspaper cutouts from the movies because you know in the movies particularly the later movies there's all these newspaper clippings that kind of pop up on the screen you know dark lord back harry potter liar dumbledore all of these things but their actual art like the props department have actually made those newspaper articles and they're all there. And it's just really interesting to see so much attention to detail that I guess, you know, is there, but you don't think about as much. They have the goblet of fire. They have some of the chess pieces that, um, from the first movie it is again, I've said it a lot, but it is just amazing. All of the Quidditch uniforms and the Quidditch balls. It was really cool seeing the Quidditch stuff up close. I thought that was, um, you know, these life-size Quidditch balls was, was awesome. And again, there's other things you can do. Like you can line up and get like a green screen video of you flying a broom or you flying the flying car and stuff. But I kind of couldn't be bothered doing that. I just, there was a big line and I didn't think it was worth it. But generally speaking, it, this whole section is overwhelming. Oh, the motorbike, Hagrid's motorbike, and, and all of these moving bits and pieces, they just have literally everything. It's just incredible. The only other thing I think I want to mention from this section is they ha have that scene from the uh, Deathly Hallows part one movie where um, Voldemort is at the, is at, they're all at the table, all the Death Eaters and Voldemort. And basically 
they have, I think it's Charity Burbridge, the muggle studies teacher from Hogwarts, and she's hanging up the top and Voldemort kills her. She's there hanging and it's quite intimidating. Like, it's very scary. You then walk through the Forbidden Forest. Because, like, and I, and I, I didn't really know what to expect. So I thought maybe this room was the whole thing. And I was like, oh, this is cool. But then you walk, literally walk through the Forbidden Forest and it is epic. It's dark and scary. Hagrid's there with, like, a lamp. Um, they have Voldemort there from the last movie. And then you see a bunch of the stuff that's been in the Forbidden Forest throughout the movie. So you see Buckbeak, you know, this animatronic Buckbeak kind of figure. Um, some of the centaurs are standing there. Um, and they also have Aragog who kind of comes out. You see all these spider webs and all these eyes. And then it's like a moving Aragog that kind of comes out and it's really freaky. And it, And keep in mind, it's like very dark and you you genuinely feel like you are outside in the forest. It, it's very creepy. And also they have the Patronuses come out. So you see like the, the, the stag, I guess, kind of Patronus um, glowing as well, which is awesome. Oh man, this is just, it's just bringing back so many, so many memories from there after the forest, which is, you know, a short walk, you go to platform nine and three quarters the Hogwarts Express is there. Really cool. I have seen it. I've never seen the full train, but at Universal Studios in Osaka, they have a Harry Potter world and Hogsmeade and you can see the, the front of the train there and everything. Um, platform nine and three quarters is really cool. You see, you know, you can get a photo. There's so many stations um, where you can get a photo of you running through the wall as well. Um, there's like six sort of trolleys half in the wall that people can just line up and take photos of. It's really funny. Um, and that's a cool section. There's a little shop there and, you know, just the train. You can go in the train and sort of see the compartments, which is also kind of cool. Um, but this was probably the least like exciting part of the whole thing. They did have, I think again, cause it was Halloween, they had a death eater kind of performance thing. So they'd have people dressed as death eaters coming out and doing all sorts of acrobatics and shit like that. But yeah, really, really epic. And from there you go to the Harry Potter cafe and they've got like, um, you know, just, you know, this isn't really interesting, but they have just like burgers and chips and hot dogs and shit like that. It's overpriced and it's very average, but I guess if you're there, of course you're going to eat food there. Then you go into an outdoor section where they kind of just have dispersed sort of sets from all the films. So you see the exterior of the burrow um, and you also see the night bus. The night bus is just parked there and you can't, you can't go into it, but you can sort of get a photo in front of it. They have like that walkway that um, is at Hogwarts. That's like the outdoor walkway where Harry and Professor Lupin have a conversation in the third movie. And then you just have the life-size privet drive, which you can go into, which was actually pretty surreal as well. Like going into Privet Drive, it is literally just what you've seen in the movies in there. It's it's pretty crazy to be honest. Like you've seen this so many times in the movies and then you're just in the house. They have all the letters from the first movie, like in the air, all of the letters. Aunt Marge, is. it's kind of like a amalgamation of all the main things that happen at Privet Drive. So in the living room, all the letters are scattered there, like in the air. I don't know how they must've been like all linked together or something. Then they have Aunt Marge 
towards the kitchen or the dining area and she's ballooned and uncle Vernon's just standing there. And then you can't go upstairs, but the cupboard under the stairs is open and you can see that. And then the, just the kitchen area, there's just like all the little props, but you can't really touch. And then, yeah, you can go around the side of the house. Then you can go through the herbology classroom from there and you can pick up a mandrake and it screams and get a photo of that. Again, the greenhouses are like, yeah, really. It's just, yeah, it's just surreal. There's not really much more I can say other than it is genuinely just very surreal. Then you can get a photo in the flying Ford Anglia, which is just parked there as well. It's, it's crazy. I I, I mean, I've said it, I'm going to say it again. It's very surreal. You then kind of go into this room indoor kind of area, which just has a lot more props and wigs and masks and creatures from the movie. Like, um, you know, you might see like all the goblin heads and the threstral heads and um, the goblin hands and all of these different creatures, the, like the, um, the mermaids, they're all just kind of there and it kind of, they're like plaster marks, masks and stuff, the werewolves. And it's just got videos playing and explaining how they made all of this stuff. And yeah, pretty interesting. They have some of the animatronics, like there's a Hedwig animatronic. I don't, is it called an animatronic? I don't know. Then they have the dead Voldemort, like the Voldemort baby form from Deathly Yellows part two, which moves and it's very creepy. Um, all of this stuff moves. Like they have the monster book of monsters and that's like moving, you know, it's all electronic and they have a few displays and stuff. Like one guy was explaining how all of the goblins in the movie have different hands just to like add, I don't know, backstory to them. They all have different hands and um, I touched one and he was like, please don't touch. And I was like, oh, sorry. Um, that just a little bit of extra information there. And the basilisk skeleton and the head, like oh, it's, it's incredible. So, so, so amazing to, to go there. And then they have like a whole display for um, Warwick Davis who plays I guess two of the goblins and both versions of Professor Flitwick. And they're like, wow, look how versatile he is, which is uh, very cool as well. Then they more have, I guess, interior kind of architectural models of Hogwarts. But then you go through to the best part, which is Gringotts. Now there are two rooms of Gringotts. The first one is basically you walk into Gringotts the way Harry Potter and Hagrid do in the first movie. And you walk up the hallway and the big sort of um, goblin banker guy is there. It's really, it feels like you're there. It's amazing. There's all goblins sort of sitting there on the sides and everything. And it's awesome. Then you go into the next room. Um, oh no, you sort of walk through like, I guess the underground of Gringotts and you can see like the carts and stuff on the side. And then you walk into the next room, which is basically an exact replica of where you've just been. And it's, except it's the Deathly Hallows version where it's completely destroyed. So it's, it's kind of weird because you're literally just in Gringotts. Then you'll, you walk for like five minutes and then you're in the exact same room, but everything's destroyed. There's rubble everywhere. And then the coolest thing of it all is the dragon, the dragon that literally comes out of the smoke it is incredible. 
it feels real. It blows fire. The whole room like flares up and then it disappears into the smoke again. Absolutely incredible. Like that was definitely my favorite part of the whole thing. Just seeing that dragon come out. It was insane. From there, you move on to Diagon Alley. You see all the shops like Ollivander's and Weasley's Wizard Weezers and all of that. There's all these po- wanted posters on the wall um, of Sirius Black and everything like that. It's again, really cool. They, they have something similar to this at, um, I, I guess not similar to this, but they have Hogsmeade at Universal Studios Osaka. So, um, that's sort of similar, I guess, but yeah, it's, it's interesting walking through Diagon Alley. And from there you kind of walk in towards the end and they have a lot of, um, this was actually pretty cool. They have a bunch of concept art from the movies, like, you know, just, concept art of scenes and sets that they've drawn. And one of them that I thought was really interesting is there was a concept art of all of the characters at Dumbledore's funeral, which never made, which wasn't in the movie, obviously. Um, But I just thought it was really interesting that at least at some point it was planned to be in the movie because there was concept art. Then you walk into a room and there's just a massive Hogwarts castle that you can walk around. And um, that's actually the end of the, basically the experience but then you go into the shop, which is like an enormous never ending Harry Potter shop, which just has literally everything, anything you want branded with Harry Potter um, is there at that shop, you know, t-shirts, pens, mugs, toys, plushes, literally everything, pillowcases, socks, Lego, broomsticks, wands, key rings, badges, stickers. Like it's just a massive shop and we didn't buy anything because basically, and you know, no disrespect to Harry Potter, but when I first went to Japan and I went to Universal Osaka, I bought heaps of stuff, right? Tons and tons of stuff, like a chocolate frog, um, you know, birdie bots, every flavor beans and a bunch of merchandise as well. What you realize, I guess, once you've done it before is all of this stuff that they sell as much as it's cool. It's just junk. It's just junk designed to sit there and you'll never use it. All of this stuff. They just want you to, it's just overpriced junk and they'll make you spend so much money on it. And yeah, it's not worth it. So I didn't buy anything, but the experience itself was just unbelievable. Like, to have grown up watching those movies and then be literally walking through the sets. Like you must do this. I highly encourage it. Um, and as I said, I went on a walking tour of London, a Harry Potter walking tour of London, which was, which was pretty cool. It was sort of like the, the main things you saw was the building that is the ministry of magic in the fifth and uh, yeah, the fifth movie. And then the bridge that in the movie of Half-Blood Prince, the movie starts with Death Eaters destroying a bridge in London. And we walked over that bridge, which was pretty interesting as well. But the walking tour was, yeah, not like, not phenomenal. But yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, If you were going to the UK or London, I highly recommend going to this. Um, It's an essential Harry Potter thing. (laughs) It's, it's, um, It's amazing. So... Yeah, go there. If you have any questions, let me know. But it was amazing and I I really, really hope that you enjoy it if you go. So thanks. Podcast will be back properly soon and I will speak to you all then. So goodbye, Hamoras.